Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Bold, Director of Public Affairs. We passed the Farm Bill from the House last week, and the Senate is getting to work on it here this week. We hopefully will have something through both houses of Congress by the end of the week. So we're going to talk to Spencer Tuma about that. And we are going to talk to B.J. Tanksley this week about one of the bills that Governor Parsons signed last week that's going to really directly affect Missouri agriculture. So let's get started. B.J. Tanksley is our Director of State Legislative Programs. And B.J., we uh, missed a week or two here uh, on talking with you on our podcast, but a few things did happen in that period of time. wanted to get an update on uh, one of those is a bill that you and um, our team worked a lot on in the state house this year. Um, the Senate bill was at 782, uh, was just signed into law uh, last week. Um, it had a couple of different provisions in it uh, that were really beneficial to our farmers. Uh, what, what did we see with uh, that bill and the final version that just got signed into law? Yeah, so uh, last week, uh, Governor Parsons signed uh, Senate Bill 782. Senate Bill 782 ended up as a product that was, quote-unquote, relating to the Department of Natural Resources. Um, So it actually had several provisions relating to the department that uh, Missouri Farm Bureau was in favor of. Uh, One of those was requiring fencing along the Rock Island Trail. I believe we talked about that early in the process and throughout session as something that Missouri Farm Bureau um, believed was a priority of ours, that if the historic Rock Island Trail were to be um, converted into a recreational trail that the Department of Natural Resources and actually the State Parks Division should have to uh, help provide some of the fencing along that trail. So if you have cattle or other operations and you don't necessarily want visitors along a trail that's always been uninhabited, um, that they would help make sure that there was a clear line between what was your property and what was the historic uh, trail. Um, it doesn't say that the trail should move forward or does move forward, but it does kind of say it helps with the landowner should that trail move forward. A lot of these easements haven't been used for years and years. Um, some of them should revert back to the natural landowner, but the National Trails Act says that this could happen. Um, and this just adds a level of protection that if it were to move forward, um, that our landowners will help, that uh, the, state depart- the state parks division will help pay for that division between the properties and, and help you know, with biosecurity and security along fence lines and things like that. So I think it's a positive move for the state for sure. And so that could still apply if this um, decision isn't made for a long time. It, it This law is just in case that does uh, happen. Like you say, it didn't make any pronouncement whatsoever on whether or not that trail is going to go forward, right? That's exactly right. It doesn't say the trail happens next year or in 10 years, but if it does happen, that uh, that the fencing should be should be provided for. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that was great in Senate Bill 782 and probably the headline grabber um, was the, um, the, the Missouri Clean Water Act. It had some uh, clarification to the Missouri Clean Water Act that clarified that agricultural purposes um, are exempt from permitting requirements as long as they're not causing harm to a water of the state. Now, this really just brings Missouri's clean water law in line with federal clean water law. Federal clean water law is clear that agriculture is exempt from permitting requirements, and this just brings Missouri's law in line with that. Prior to this change, Missouri's law could have been interpreted many different ways. It never had been requiring permitting for agriculture, but because of the differing um, definitions and the differences in different 
places that it was referenced throughout the law, it was unclear. And so this just brings clarity to the law that agriculture, as long as it's not causing harm, is exempt from the permitting requirements. So if a farmer's out there doing normal farming practices, nothing's going to change for him. Mm -hmm. Um, It still allows the Department of Natural Resources, if they are seeing problems, to address those problems. But it does add a level of protection and clarifies that if you had a rogue department in the future, we don't have one now, I'm not saying that's the case, but if you did have one in the future, uh, we could point back and say, listen, this is not where you're supposed to be spending your time. You're not supposed to be out there harassing agriculturalists if they're doing no harm, um, that you should be out there uh, protecting the environment. And we're not against that, but we want to make sure that agriculture um, has its standing as it has in the federal law and has always been considered to have under state law. So Yeah, and like you say, it is something that has not actually been an active problem, but it's been somewhat, it's been reported on a little bit that this bill takes a, a burden away from farmers that they were, they used to be required to file for a permit every time they were going to, you know, say spray a crop uh, or uh, add fertilizer to their field or something like that. And now they're not going to have to comply with this, the clean water law anymore. And that's just frankly not at all the case. No, that's not the case. There have been a couple of instances. Um, quite frankly, this was a top priority for the Soybean Association and the corn growers and the cattlemen. Um, and, and there were a couple of cases where there were some interpretations made by field staff out there that um, some felt were a little overzealous and kind of went above what the actual law allowed them to have done. So there were a few specific reasons, but this was not a widespread problem where it was just a major burden to agriculture. But this just say that the few cases that were out there, we don't want to see more of that, where we felt like DNR was kind of overstepping and, and getting into issues that were really, honestly, uh, neighbor-to-neighbor issues mm-hmm. rather than a, a statewide issue or a problem. So um, there was a really a, a, a great move forward. Glad to see Governor Parson um, pass it. Obviously, most people that have listened probably know that um, Governor Greitens signed most of the legislation, and this was one of them was hanging out there. Um, and I did a check just recently, and so I, I believe that was the last bill that Farm Bureau really was actively involved in um, that hadn't been signed. So at this point, everything that we got across the finish line and we were happy to have gotten done has been signed by the governor. And so there were no surprises with that. We didn't expect any, but didn't get any either. Um, So excited to see that. And we can kind of move on and start looking towards next session. So yeah, excited about that. And it was a very successful session. Everything um, that we've talked about on the program, we've been very pleasantly surprised at how uh, how well those pro- those priorities move forward through the legislature. Um, and it was nice to see Governor Parson uh, follow in the footsteps of Governor Greitens as far as signing these bills without um, raising unnecessary stink about anything in, uh, that they found in there. So it was good to work with, uh, with both of those governors through these processes. Uh, one of the things that has happened since we last talked is uh, our new governor, uh, Mike Parson, has now nominated and appointed um, a replacement for himself as lieutenant governor, um, former Senator Mike Kehoe. And he's someone that we've known for a long time as well. What are your impressions on him? Yeah, Senator Kehoe has been a great a leader um, since his time in the Senate. He's always been a friend to agriculture. He has a farm himself, uh, I believe a cattle ranch down in south central Missouri. Um, so he knows agriculture firsthand, just like Mike, uh, just like Governor Parson does. And so it's just uh, it's going to be a great relationship. We look forward to continuing that at this level. Um, Senator Kehoe has been somebody that Farm Bureau has supported throughout elections and been a great friend to ours. Obviously, he's local 
uncle here to Jefferson City, so it's great to have. We have a good relationship. We get to see him a lot on a personal basis. Um, and so we really have appreciated um, Senator Kehoe's leadership. He's been majority floor leader for the last couple of years, um, and he's been a great floor leader. He's been able to shepherd some great times in the Senate. Obviously, things aren't always easy in the Senate. They never are. Um, but he was able to shepherd some good times and actually get some major priorities done in the last few years. Um, even through some trying times, you know, his leadership was always kind of applauded as somebody who has been a great statesman. And so I think that's a that's a pretty good uh, word to have associated with him. He's been a great leader, a good friend of agriculture and a statesman all the time, um, and always been one that if you uh, if you knew that uh, Senator Kehoe was on your side or, or was on the side, that was probably the right side of the issue, no matter what it was. Um, so we've always appreciated it and looking forward to working with him in that lieutenant governor position. Obviously, you probably know there's some question as to whether the appointment and, and that whole process, so we'll see that process play itself out. My understanding is there have been uh, lieutenant governors appointed in the past to fill a position, uh, maybe just not as long term as this one's going to be, where this one will serve for a couple of years. Um, but we look forward to serving, uh, look forward to working with uh, Lieutenant Governor Kehoe. Um, kind of excited to see. I've been on vacation a little bit, so I haven't said those words a whole <laughs> lot, but uh, looking forward to uh, working with Lieutenant Governor Kehoe for sure. Great. Yeah, it's good to have a have people who really understand our industry firsthand in those positions. You know, it's true. Um, when we look at this world, not a, not as many are involved in agriculture as there used to be. We use those phrases a lot. We throw out a lot of statistics. But to have two people working in the Capitol in those leadership positions who have firsthand knowledge of what growing their own food means, it's a, it's a big deal. Great. Well, I appreciate you joining us and uh, look forward to seeing what else is coming up on the state level. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Spencer Tim is our director of national legislative programs, and we had a really big week last week, Spencer, with the Farm Bill. Where do, where do we stand with it, and what do you think is going to happen? So I'm very excited to report that the House of Representatives did pass their version of the Farm Bill on Thursday evening. That would have been June 21st. Uh, it passed by a really, really close margin, so we were thankful to see it get through. It only uh, passed the House by two votes. It was 213 to 211. Uh, we were very pleased to see that six of Missouri's eight House of Representatives members did support the bill. Um, so now we're looking forward to seeing what's happening in the Senate. Now, the Senate is expected to take a motion to proceed, a vote on a motion to proceed this evening. Um, so that'll be, um, we're recording this on Monday, so the vote should take place tonight. Mm -hmm. Once we pass the motion to proceed, then people can start beginning to file amendments for the Senate Farm Bill. And we should see floor time as soon as this week and hopefully a vote by the end of the week. Well, things are finally actually getting into gear. And it seems like a lot of people thought that that House vote was the biggest hurdle mm -hmm. um, in the process. I mean, there's still some big hurdles in front oh, of yeah. us. But uh, that was a very tense few moments there as that vote was coming down. I was staying in your office. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen anyone as excited as you were when it finally got done. Well, <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. It was right. a little nerve-wracking. It was a little tense. Um, so when the vote actually, you know, when you're watching it online, you can see the countdown of mm -hmm. the, how much time is left, how many people have voted for and against, and how many have not voted. Uh, when the clock ran down to zero, the tally on my screen said 211 to 211. <laughs> um, and <laughs> so it was a very tense few moments. You know, there is a little bit of a delay with some of those live streams. So getting those last few votes to come in and then uh, very pleased ultimately to see it pass. We did send a letter of support uh, right before they voted on the farm bill the first time. So we 
like I said, we're very pleased to see many of Missouri's members supporting that, and we're hopeful to see the same thing in the Senate. Yeah, and that was the uh, really the last opportunity to get passed. Uh-huh. Even if, if if it hadn't passed on uh, in the House last week, then it basically would have been dead um, until right. the next Congress. So at least there's a possibility now. Um, but yeah, in the Senate, uh, things seem like they're looking relatively promising, right? Well, we think so. So um, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, if you've been listening for a while, the Senate had a much less partisan approach to their farm bill, um, so much so that it actually passed out of the committee by 20 to 1 vote. So literally mm-hmm. only one person voted against it. Um, we're hopeful that that bipartisanship will continue. Of course, in the Senate, you have to have 60 votes to pass a bill, uh, which can prove to be a fairly big hurdle because in the House, you only have to have a simple majority. In the Senate, those um, political parties are basically almost in a dead heat as far as, you know, how many Republicans versus how many Democrats. So we really can't afford a partisan approach in the Senate. And that's why their bill looks very different from the House version. Mm -hmm. Uh, What we're watching right now in in the Senate is any potential for amendments that might cause harm to farm programs or to crop insurance. Um, Those are always cause for concern. Um, but as I like to remind people, you know, just because it's in the House bill or just because it's in the Senate bill, that does not mean that that is ultimately what will make it to the president's desk. Right. There are a lot of steps in between that. Yeah. And so the next step, if the Senate is able to pass it this week or whenever they are able mm-hmm. to pass it, um, would be to vote to go to conference mm-hmm. and try to work out the differences between those two. Uh, what I guess we don't really know necessarily, but um, how long do are we expecting that process to take? Well, ideally, you know, we would have a conference committee come in after the 4th of July. So Congress will be in this week, and then next week, since it's a federal holiday, they will actually have a district work period surrounding that. Um, so ideally, we would get the conference committee together right after the 4th of July recess and then have those deliberations over the next month or so, uh, and then get a bill through before the September 30th deadline. The issue that I feel like we're probably going to run into in conference, and it's something we are concerned about every time, um, is whenever you go to conference, changes are made that are going to upset some people and make some people happy. So mm-hmm. it's all about you know, getting the number of votes you need to ultimately get that bill across the finish line. Yeah, and both houses then have to vote on it to mm-hmm. uh, approve the final language. And that, that's actually something I learned during my time in Congress is that every um, I- any bill before it goes to the president's desk has to be passed exactly identically in both chambers. Yep. There can't even be a period out of place or else they didn't vote on the same legislation. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately that final version of a conference bill will need to be voted on. And we might have another showdown like we had the other day where it gets pretty tense. Uh, it kind of depends on what comes out of that conference committee. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, and we will see some major changes once we get to a conference committee. I mean, the Senate bill, while it doesn't have any major Dif- you know, deviations from the House bill as far as Title I and, and farm programs. It does have a few, but they're not, you know, overly significant. Um, the nutrition title and the conservation title are going to be huge battles in mm-hmm. conference committee. I would say especially the nutrition title just because it is so partisan. Uh, but the conservation title, let's not forget, so the House proposed raising the cap on the Conservation Reserve Program to 29 million acres. The Senate only proposes that to be raised to 25 
4 million acres is a lot of difference to make up yeah. in a conference committee. So um, I think there will be a lot of discussion surrounding that as well. One other major um, issue is that the Senate Farm Bill actually contains an energy title, which, mm-hmm. has, which had been contained in previous farm bills. Uh, the House Farm Bill eliminated that title completely. So mm-hmm. there's going to have to be a lot of uh, compromising and, and collaborating to see how we can move forward on all of those different issues. Sure. Well, looks to be another exciting week in Washington. Appreciate the update and look forward to hearing what happened. Yep. I am excited. Hopefully we'll have a farm bill by the end of the week. Sounds great. All right. Thanks. Yep. Thanks for listening to Digging In this week. We appreciate your time and we look forward to seeing what happens with that farm bill as it tries to wind its way through Congress and get passed before the August recess. So tune in next week to see what the update is. Talk to you then.